Where's it? You know me by a different, much older name. A name perhaps you'd hoped you'd never hear again. I am Dave! Who? Dave! Dave! Who's it? Dave! 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 to listen to this podcast. So, Chad, I was uh, just saying a minute ago that it, I think we're going to just have the intro take over the whole show. We'll just have that so for an I'm hour. So, I'm that good? Yes, yes. I'm that you, good. You are. It's, what I like, Chad, is I like how you're mixing it up a little bit. You're kind of adding little pieces here and there to the I Am Dave thing. So, um, we're going to say hi to everybody here. This is going to be a very interesting podcast. And, yeah, I know they say that every time. But uh, I just love the guests that we have on here um, every time we, sh- we uh, record. And uh, tonight is just going to be a very different type of a podcast. Um, and I'm going to preface it here in just a minute. But we're going to start with our normal stuff. We're going to say hi to everybody. Chad, say hi to everybody. Hey, how you doing? Nice. Good, good. That's right. <laughs> Thank you. Thank yeah. you. Excellent. Very popular guy. It is. Yeah, I am. That Chad. But what a great guy. I also want to say hi to my uh, my lovely, lovely wife, Carol. Hello, everyone. <laughs> Why are you giving... <laughs> don't give my wife crickets. I will hurt you. I will hurt you. There we go. That's better. Um, we also have the Grand Rapids Ghost Hunters. We have... That's right. We have Wayne. Hello, everybody. Keep an open mind. <laughs> and we have and we have Dan. Hi, nice to see you guys. All right. Well, you can't see him. Well, you know, it's a figure of speech. And nice I to can see. see I can see everybody in the room, including you. Yeah, that's um, true. But no apparitions. Don't tell him what Dan might be seeing. <laughs> that's not, not in here. Not so far. All right. All right. Well, we'll we'll be monitoring that as the show goes along. Um, and then we also have uh, a special uh, guest. We have an audience of one tonight, and her name is Holly. Holly, you want to say hi? Hi, everybody. All right, so as you're listening to this recording, um, as we're recording tonight, we have um, six people in here, and we have three microphones. So there may be a little pauses sometimes between questions and answers. You might not have the same fluidity that you're used to when you're listening to an open letter because we're going to be moving the mic back and forth between different people, and um, it's going to. So you, yeah, you might I have to that. remind you that yeah. mm-hmm. that's why I edit. I know, but if it sounds, sometimes <laughs> they'll hear the squeak of the mic moving, and um, I delete that. You, oh, you're going to delete all that? I usually that what you do. do. All right. Part of my job. I know. You're going to delete all this? That stuff. Are you going to delete this I right might now? delete this, but I just might keep it just so I can show everybody that I know what I'm doing and you don't. Dave doesn't know because he doesn't actually listen to it after it's edited. What? <laughs> Do you? Uh, no. She so doesn't listen she either? She throws me under the, the bus, not, uh, yeah. So- I do sometimes. So I could take the I could I could like 
Why would you record tell, an why episode would you tell him of that? Oprah? Why would you tell him that? Now we probably owe her copyright money. See, yeah, I could like record a whole episode of Oprah and then send it to you guys as the name of the podcast, and you guys would just pull up even, and not even we know. We wouldn't even know. It would probably, it would, and it would be much better. <laughs> More or less. And Dave would share it on Facebook. <laughs> I, I, I would. I would. I'd be like, hey, it's another episode of an open letter. And why does Dave sound like Oprah? I don't understand. I kind of feel underappreciated here. No, your work is invaluable, Chad. But, but you don't even listen to it. It's because we trust you so much. We, we have the utmost confidence in your abilities. Oh, okay. Do you, do you listen to it? Yes. Yeah, you have to to edit it, right? Right. And then sometimes I'll listen to it afterwards mm. um, just to... To see what it, to see what it sounds like when it's actually out there because I'm in a studio listening to it, it probably sounds different in oh, somebody's earbuds. Well, I tell you, we are doing something a little different tonight too, and that is we uh, did a little Facebook Live video before we started recording, and we've asked people to send us questions as they're recording, and if we can, we're going to try to incorporate them into the show. Now, um, one of the things you guys, Dan and Wayne, you don't know probably about the show is we start off every show the same way with a little something we like to call off the cuff. And in that, I am going to be asking a question that I literally have just thought of in the last couple minutes while we've been talking. So, you remember being when you're a kid and you go to school and then sometimes you stay home from school because you're sick and there were shows that you watched when you stayed home from school and you were sick. And I want to know, just name one or two of the shows that you used to watch when you'd stay home sick and kind of kind of tell me a little bit about why and what you liked about it, okay? So I'm going to give you a minute to think about it. Um, Carol, do you have an answer? I know you do. So why don't you start us off? Well, you may remember that I grew up without a TV, so I didn't get to watch any shows. I read books. All right, so thank you, Carol, for that. <laughs> you didn't. You didn't have a TV at all, right? Not until, how old were you? 21. Right. So what did you watch when you stayed home from work or something? Strawberry shortcake. Well, that's actually when my parents got a TV. I didn't personally have a TV in my own home until probably 24. So what did you watch then? I don't remember. I don't think I stayed home. All right. Well, this is the best question I've ever asked. This is awesome. Um... Mr. Do either of you have an answer yet? Are you, uh, Dan, you got one? Fire away. General Hospital. Oh, <laughs> that was on when I got out of school. Because yeah. my mom was a stay-at-home mom, so she was watching General Hospital. So that's what I watched. Luke and Laura, right? Luke and Laura. I remember that because. I think they're still on there. I don't. Like, they, what are they, like 70? Yeah. I don't. Nobody ages in soap opera land. Well, I know, but they, they do in real life. Yeah, they're pretty old, I'm sure. Yeah, I mean, I knew that there were all kinds. My friend Jim uh, used to watch General Hospital. He used to fill me in and try to get me into soap operas, and I was like, <laughs> uh, no. Um, Isn't reality TV pretty much a soap opera? Yeah, it kind of is. It kind of is. Um, Chad, why don't you give us your response? Hmm, I'd have to think about that. I can go next if you want to think a little no, more. There, there are the typical cartoons, Tom and Jerry, Bugs Bunny. Okay. But, you know, when you're sick and it gets later on in the day, they're not on. No. It's, what is, they shut off about noon. Like maybe reruns of sitcoms, which I don't want to mention because they, they would age me. But <clears throat> reruns of sitcoms. Okay. Okay. You're pulling up. Yeah. General Hospital's actually been on since 1963. <laughs> FYI. Which is 
I mean, I don't. I, I wasn't alive back then. I don't know if any of the rest of you, Wayne, might have been. But yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Wayne, why don't you give us your answer, buddy? Sure. For me, it's Gilligan's Island. You know, I could yeah. relate to Gilligan. I think that started out black and white. It, it did. Yeah, now sure. you can. Why can you relate to Gilligan? Because I'm screw. I'm a screw up. I guess. Okay. I I, well, I don't know. All right. Well, I don't know. It made me laugh every. Yeah. You know, it made me laugh every time I watched it. Every episode. So. Did uh, Do you know the skipper actually had a name? The, the skipper actually he had a, he was named in the show. His name was Jonas Grumby. You can look it up. I don't know why <laughs> I know that. I know that. Um, Holly, do you have an answer for this question? Why don't you, uh, we're going to swing the mic here. There were two shows that I watched. Um, one was The Price is Right, back when Bob Barker was still doing it. Yep, always she doesn't it. have headphones on. Play the Price is Right music. All right, come on down. <laughs> yeah, I always <laughs> wanted to do the showcase showdown. And um, after that, it was usually Judge Judy. Oh, I love Judge Judy. But But I have a question for her. Oh, okay, go ahead. Okay, Drew Carey or Bob Barker? Bob Barker, yeah. hands down. And uh, don't forget to have your pets spayed and neutered. Yes. <laughs> right. Thank you. And I sometimes think that you should have had Bob spayed and neutered. I'm just saying. Did you see how he was hitting on those models? Come on, that was a thing. It's true. Um, me, uh, it was Price is Right as well. I would watch the game shows, and then when the, uh, the soap operas came on, I would uh, I'd shut the TV off and, and uh, go read or something like that. So those are the answers for Off the Cuff. Thanks, everyone, for playing. Uh, your prizes will be, you'll get your prizes on the way out for participating. There are no prizes. Just kidding. All right, so to start off our episode in the interview with the one and only Grand Rapids Ghost Hunters, I want to give a little bit of background uh, I know, so the last couple days I've been putting it on Facebook, do you believe in ghosts? And I've got a myriad of responses. I know that a lot of our believers are Christians and would identify as Christians. And I imagine some of you may not be super happy that we're having ghost hunters on the show and wondering why in the world would you want to do this? Um, I know my own mom has expressed a little bit of concern um, as has my wife. Like, what are we doing here? This is kind of maybe a little creepy. Are we taking a sensitive subject and drawing unhealthy attention to it? And I think that's a valid question. And we're going to be addressing that tonight with these guys. Um, Dan actually happens to be a pastor. Um, I don't, I, Wayne's not a pastor, though. No, negative. My brother is a pastor. Okay. My grandfather was a pastor. Okay. Black sheep of the family right here. <laughs> the Gilligan black sheep of the family. Um, so I just kind of wanted to give a little preface, um, and I know a lot of, we definitely have some listeners that are they're atheists and agnostic, and uh, so for those of you who are not of faith, I would say faith in Jesus Christ, uh, bear with me a little bit here. You guys know, you've heard the, if you've heard the show before, you know, I'm a, I'm a former pastor myself. Uh, so I'm coming from a very faith-based biblical background. I know there are also some people listening that are complete skeptics that don't believe in any spiritual, supernatural world whatsoever. So there's that element as well. So the reason I wanted to do this little preface is I just want you to know kind of my background and where I'm coming from in relation to this type of a topic. I am a very strong believer in the spiritual dimension. 
I have no doubt in my mind that I 100% believe in angels and demons, um, and I get that belief from the Bible. I've never seen an angel. I've never seen a demon. I don't believe I've ever interacted um, with either one as far as I know. I definitely feel like I have encountered uh, some type of spiritual situations before, which we may or may not go into on this podcast. Um, but I wouldn't. I could never say I've seen an angel or a demon or a ghost or anything like that. Coming into the podcast tonight, I would have told you uh, very uh, vehemently and emphatically that I don't believe in ghosts. Um, I but guess. you say you've never seen an angel. No. But you're standing right next to one. What? That is so nice of you to say about Wayne. That's kind of weird, but... Oh, you meant Carol, my wife. Well, duh. Yeah. Um, but I would have been offended if I were you, Carol. She's not offended. She knows I'm a goofball. Couch time, Dave. Boom. Um, so... As I have grown up in a Pentecostal church, and you know we're very open to spiritual dimension, and the, again, the, the angelic and the demonic, and demonic uh, possession and deliverance and all that stuff, that's something I was raised on. Now, some of that I would say has been tempered to some extent as I've gotten older. Not that I've stopped believing in it, um, but uh, my views on that have definitely shifted a little bit. Um, so to have the Grand Rapids Ghost Hunters on initially, I was kind of like, Chad, this is Chad's idea. And I was like, uh, Chad, what are we, what are we doing here? Why are we having these guys on? Because in my opinion, I was like, Hey, Hey, no ghosts don't exist. If there's something going on, it's demonic activity, trying to frighten people, cause put fear in people's hearts. And the verse I thought in my head was second Corinthians five, eight, which is to be absent from the body is present with the Lord. So as I started to dive into this, wanting to be, you know, a little bit prepared for tonight, I looked that verse up. And that's not what it says. Second Corinthians 5.8, depending on your translation, says that we would prefer to be absent from the body and present with the Lord. Or something about it being promised that we're absent from the body will be present from the Lord. It, it, and to me, that's a huge, huge, significant change. Because as I put on Facebook, do you believe in ghosts? And my friends are like, well, well no. Well, why? Because to be absent from the body is present with the Lord. That's what they'd quote. And I would say... I think you need to look at that verse because that's not what it says. Well, it goes a little deeper than that. First of all, let me answer your question. Yeah. Okay. I I I had Dan come on because first of all, I've known Dan since high school. We graduated together. Oh, I didn't know that. Yes. Oh, cool. Um, did Did you used to beat Chad up back in high school? No. Okay. I wouldn't admit to it if I did. Uh, fair enough. <laughs> all right. I think I've only gotten beat up once in high yeah, school. That's good to know. But, all right. But anyway, um, <clears throat> he was on Ignite Radio, which is the show that I produce Sunday nights on GR's Magic 104.9. Got the plug in. Okay? Mm -hmm. Yeah, yeah, with J.R. Pittman. And in discussing it with him and during the show, because it's a radio show, it's talk radio mixed format, you talk five minutes. You guys have been on the show, so you both yeah. know. It's talk then for five minutes, then it's music and commercials, then more talk, blah, 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 blah. They never really got on that show, they never really got the opportunity to go into more depth about what it is exactly they do because this is not like what you see on TV. Okay. So to give them the opportunity to show them that they are not just weirdos who are doing this for fun, that there is actually a ministry. We are weirdos. I, 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 got, are, I got that. To, just to be, you know, fair. We are, we are too. So, I mean, you're, you're in, you know, you're in good company. But so for me, 
after really thinking about this the last couple of days and having conversations and getting into a rather uh, lengthy Facebook conversation, I have to come back to, you know, I, I don't know. I mean, which is, seems like the older I get, the more times I have to say that about things other than, you know, definitive things in the gospel. I'm not saying I don't know about the divinity of Christ and his resurrection, but some of the other areas, what I would consider gray areas, like this one now, I'd have to say, you know, is it possible that uh, a person who has passed away, who is not a follower of Jesus Christ, because I think that is an important distinction, um, that's not a follower of Christ, is somehow stuck here on earth. Now, Carol's youngest son, Andrew, um, would be he's he's more much more of a skeptic, very black and white type of a guy. I want evidence. I want hard evidence, and uh, he he likes sarcasm. So he says to me, um, and I'm like, well, what about all these stories? And he goes, oh, gee, I don't know. Maybe they're lying. Maybe that could be going on. Um, so I wanted to preface it with that, and that's kind of where my beliefs have that where they were. And now where they've come from, where they kind of are now today. And I'm hoping these gentlemen can kind of help uh, give me more information so I can uh, kind of have an idea of what's going on here. All right. So I've talked way long, too long. So I uh, first off, I want you guys to just kind of tell us a little bit about yourselves. Sure. Yeah, Wayne, why don't you go first? Well, I first got into this at five years old. Most kids are told there's no such thing as ghosts. But I was reassured from my grandfather, who was a ghost hunter, that indeed there are ghosts. You know, there's something inside of each of us. We're, we're so much more than just skin and bone. You know, there's something inside of us that's force that's unseen. And sometimes through circumstances around their death, whether it's disturbing or there's different things that people can get hung up with in this physical world that keeps them on their own accord, really, from moving on to where they're destined but that say that's how i got a most people are reassured there's no such thing as ghosts at five years old i was i was thought the opposite so wayne tell us a little bit more about you though tell me a little bit more about you as a person kind of like where you grew up and a little bit just kind of a background of i, I like to get to know people so that's some good information could you give us a little bit more just an idea of who you are sure i'm from this general area born okay. in grand rapids you know graduated from wayland high school i worked right out here at bats in Zealand for 11 years, so I know this area well. Okay, cool. Uh, did you, and you grew up in a Christian home then? Yeah, I went to uh, actually a few different churches. Uh, where I grew up in Moline, Michigan, we had more churches than we did uh, gas stations <laughs> or anything else. So. It's a good West Michigan community, let me tell you. Yeah, so all my friends went to different churches, so I tried them all out before I was over. You know, I went to the Catholic Church. It was more of an aerobic uh, exercise than any okay, of the others. Okay, okay. So did you, would you identify right now, would you say that you're, that you would say you're a Christian? I'll, I'm a Christian. I'm a believer without a doubt. I Perfect. Mean, Great. I, I, I don't know if anybody else believes quite the same way I do. I haven't actually seen ghosts, but I grew up with uh, someone who has seen them. And so I, okay. I believed uh, since a very young age. Okay. All right. Um, Mr. Dan. Yeah. So, um. Born and raised in the area. I was born at uh, Butterworth Hospital. Yeah, me downtown, too. Yeah. And uh, raised on the southwest side in Wyoming. Went to Wyoming Park High School. Graduated with Chad. Um, I was raised in a Christian household. Uh, walked away from 
my faith as a young teenager, uh, probably 13, 14 years old. Walked away from that and uh, struggled with anxiety, depression, all kinds of good stuff, and got myself into alcohol. Uh, I was a full-fledged alcoholic by the time I graduated high school and spent the next 15-plus uh, years kind of trapped in that. Mm. And it wasn't until I found my faith in my 30s, um, thanks to, in part, my wife, who was a diligent prayer warrior for me to, you know, finally be able to see that I needed Christ in my life, um, I realized a big part of the anxiety that I experienced as a young person that caused me to start drinking was the calling that God had for me. Right. My spiritual gift is deliverance, which in the Catholic Church is exorcism. Okay. So um, now as a pastor, I have experienced things that people, and like you said earlier, you know, there's people that are going to say, maybe they're just making it up. Sure. And I've had people look at me like, you're insane. That doesn't really happen. Uh, but I've had experiences where I see things that when I'm talking to somebody that comes in and is telling me the things that they're struggling with, and I can literally see the darkness hanging over them. You know, they talk about the monkey on your back or, you know, that weight that's on your shoulders. I can see that on people when I'm talking to them and, you know, the Holy Spirit is involved in that whole thing. And I can just, I can see that. And that's why, that's why I do what I do with the Ghost Hunters team. I got involved in it because, like you, I totally believe in God and Satan and angels and demons. And I know that there's demonic oppression that takes place. And that's why I got involved in it. Now, to say that, for me, that there is no such thing as ghosts, I don't know. I can't prove that there are, but I can't prove that there aren't either. There's a lot of unanswered questions that come along with it. I've heard things while doing this stuff. I've experienced things while doing this. That the more and more I get involved in it, the more that I tend to believe that not everything that I experience is demonic. And as I have experienced those things, I continue to go back to Scripture and try to find something that is going to... And not to say that like, I'm not going to Scripture and trying to bend it to feed my desire to say, okay, well, ghosts are real then because I can find this in here. And if I read it just right and interpret it this way, then it's okay. But to say that, you know, I go back and I study the scripture to see if, if there is there any foundation where it, where it could be possible that ghosts can exist, that, this is, that it's a possibility that they could still be walking, that a spirit could still be walking this earth. You, <clears throat> excuse me, you said that um, your spiritual gift is deliverance. Mm -hmm. That's not listed in the list of spiritual gifts in the letters of Paul, or unless it's by a different name. Could you give me a scripture where that yeah, is listed? Yeah, and, and it, no, not right off the top of my head, I can't. I can look it up for you, but um, there, yeah, there, there isn't, um, 
it's not listed in those main in those main spiritual gifts. Right. This the gift of deliverance. I think it might be discernment of spirits. Discernment isn't it? of spirits right. is, is one of the one of the translations for it. Yeah, so you can you could use it use that. Which you know, some people would say that that's deliverance or exorcism. Some people would say that that is um, just discernment of understanding what the Holy Spirit is is saying. But it says mm-hmm. discernment of spirits. Sure. which tells me that it's more than just listening for the Holy Spirit. Mm-hmm. So there's different ways of looking at it, but like according to the Catholic Church, that would be exorcism. If, if there is a, a priest that has the gift of um, deliverance, they would be the ones that would go to training to be an exorcist. And I would say too that um, we know, we do know, I mean, if you're a believer in Scripture, like uh, we are here in this room, that Jesus did do deliverance. Now, whether it's a spiritual gift or not, I, I you know, I, I don't know. Um, I know it's not listed specifically in those core spiritual gifts that Paul lists. I think in First uh, Corinthians, I believe it is. Um, but anyway, it it, it is. Um, uh, let me think here. So I do believe that uh, that demons influence us, and that. The demonic angelic realm is probably much more real than we can ever imagine. Um, we're just not real tuned into it. And I, this is my own personal belief, um, is that a lot of, there are some people that seem to be more open and seem to be more in tune and in touch with the spiritual dimension than others. But a lot of this, as we move forward and continue to talk, is getting an idea of where are we deriving the information and what we believe. Where are we getting our beliefs from? Um, And that's where Carol's going to rely heavily on. So she's not trying to specifically grill you guys. She's just trying to figure out your background, just to clarify that. Um, Because she's in in Professor Wilson mode. So she will ask very, she'll just kind of, and that's that's good. That's good. I want you to do that. Um, So, but... We can have our beliefs and have our opinions and we have our experiences, but for us in this podcast, more than we do in most, we're going to try to reference back to, well, the only thing I know for sure that I can trust, in, especially in this, is the Word of God. And I, that's where I'm going to, we're going to kind of bounce back to that, not as a way of criticizing or saying what you believe isn't real, but that's kind of the dynamic that's going to play out here a little bit tonight, if that's cool. Yeah, I'm good with that. Cool. Um. So, Dan, we know you're a pastor, and uh, what type of pastor are you? I am, well, I'm an associate pastor. My official title is the Transformation Pastor at um, Unison Christian Church. It's a church that is going to be having its second birthday on Easter. Cool. Um, It's a little church uh, down on Godfrey Street, just north of Hall. Uh, We're using an old warehouse right now for our church services while we renovate the old four-star theater on Burton and Division. Yeah. That will be our permanent home eventually. Um, but uh, for now, we're using the spaces that we can find and and, uh, and just keep on plugging away. It's uh, What was the name of the church again? Unison Christian Church. It's, hey. a, it's a baby church off of Kentwood Community Church. Oh, is it? Okay. Yep. And how long have you been a pastor? I have been a licensed pastor for four years now. Excellent. Okay. Um, and so that's your full-time job? No. Or is that that's part-time? I am a bivocational, I am a tri-vocational, tri-vocational. <laughs> pastor. So I am a, a pastor there part-time. I am also a substitute teacher. 
Okay. Um, and I only substitute teach in one building in the Grand Rapids area. That's at Lincoln Developmental Center where my youngest daughter goes to school. Gotcha. Um, and then I do uh, this job of ghost hunting. So All right. only one of those gigs actually pays. <laughs> oh, is it? Is it? So uh, and, and which one is that? The substitute teacher? Yes. Okay. Um, so Wayne, what, uh, what do you do for a living? How do you, uh, how do you make money? I don't make money. <laughs> no, I'm retired. Okay. So you're retired. So this, how much, how many hours a week do you put towards Grand Rapids Ghost Hunters? Oh, wow. It varies. I was up all night last night just to do a report. So in the cases, they also vary. We happen to just finish two cases where where there were signature cases, families that were oppressed, where okay. we went in and offered our help. And this is the kind of thing that we're really into it. Dan and I are into it for this. This is the reason to help these families. You know, I've seen the look on families' faces when we first go in. We've had families wouldn't meet us in the house that they just purchased because oh, wow. they would not bring their kids back to these homes until we had been in there and, and we try to give them tools to work with, get mm -hmm. a better understanding of what's going on. And it depends how far they want to take it. But, yeah, my hours vary depending on how many cases we got going at a time. What would you say is an average amount of hours you put in a week for, uh, for this job, the Grand Rapids Ghost Hunters? It's like I say, it's hard is, to is average. Is it just way too, would it like, I mean, are there, what's, what would the max be? Like how many hours would like the max be you'd put in a week for this? Oh, at least 20 hours a week. Okay. Okay, that gives me an idea. Dan, what about you? How many hours uh, are you de devoting to this? I would say about the same. I think Wayne probably puts in a little bit more because he does all of our reports for us. Okay. So he's the one that actually sits down in front of the laptop and types all the stuff out and, uh, and gets the reports done for us. Um, but any time that we do an investigation, um, there's a lot of... Uh, we have to review a lot of evidence. We have to go over a lot of recordings. We have to watch a lot of videotape. Um, we do a lot of research on the property. We do a lot of research on the community. We, you know, I go through, you know, scripture and, you know, a big part of what we do is um, helping the people to understand what they're dealing with, but also to equip them to take care of it on their own too and not to be afraid of what they're experiencing so i do a lot of research in that too we pull a lot of scripture uh, wayne's got a bunch of stuff that he brings w to all of these families as well and we try to prepare them for the future so that they don't need to be afraid of of whatever they're experiencing if they're experiencing any anything which is something else that we want to really talk about too is there's cases that we've gone on where you know, people are convinced that they hear the bumps in the night and whatever, and they see things, and we'll go in, and, you know, there's ductwork that's loose, and it rattles, and it <laughs> pops, and it makes noises, and there's old pipes, and there's electrical wiring. You know, they talk about uh, um, the, the magnetic field that comes off of electricity. If you get enough of that, they, can call, it, they call it a fear cage. And if you have a bunch of that going on around you, it makes you feel paranoid. It makes you feel like someone's watching you. It gives you all of these feelings that convince you that there's something spiritual, there's something demonic, there's some, something that you can't explain, a paranormal thing happening. 
and all it is is wiring. And so we we absolutely go in there and look for that stuff as well. Um, A recent case that we were just on, the house is 100 years old probably. The wiring is very bitter. Bitter. It's very brittle, sorry. And, you know, old wiring. And everywhere you go in that house, there is an electromagnetic field. Wow. So, you know, is there something paranormal going on or is it just wiring you know so those are things that we absolutely try to include in that so how often do you find a a normal explanation like that for what's going on like what percentage of the time would you say that it's there's some other reason for what the people are feeling for me personally i I would say at least half of the time we find stuff that we can totally explain you know explain it with actual things that are taking place interesting yeah i'd like to address that most of your literature is going to tell you uh, most of these cases aren't ghosts at all. They're just energy mm-hmm. that's that's in the fabric of the building, whether it's limestone or what, that's absorbed this energy, some kind of a traumatic experience in the past. It's not anything associated with the spirit. That's a residual energy. Now, there's a difference between residual energy and an intelligent haunting. An intelligent haunting wants to interact with you, and they will attempt to interact with you where the rest of it is just energies. I mean, it's, it's no consciousness there. I have a question. Um, how would you, when you say residual energy, how would you separate that from a new age teaching, which talks about, oh, I'm getting a bad vibe or you're sending me negative energy and stuff like that. How would you separate the two? A residual energy is a, like a recording. If it's been said that like things like limestone running water so like a river streams anything like that where there's a continuous um source of water um are able to trap this kind of an energy that they call it's like a recording so they call it like a an unintelligent haunting or uh residual haunting where at 3.01 a.m. on every other Tuesday, you'll hear the same noise, or you'll maybe see somebody walk down the hall, or you'll hear a voice, and it's always exactly the same at the exact same time. That's a residual energy that just is trapped. It has nothing to do with the people. It has everything to do with the location. And yeah. it's just, it's in, in this area, so many houses were built on like limestone and you know different and with the grand river and all the other you know open bodies of water around here there's so much of that that takes place which is another one of our recent um investigations that we are on they're right next to a river you know what's to say that a lot of that isn't and i think based on what we saw in the basement it looks like it's a michigan basement that tells me that there's probably a lot of limestone it's probably crushed limestone that they use to pour to make that basement. So there could be a lot of that going on there too. So how do you get that information? How do you know there is residual energy there? Do you have ways of measuring things like that? Oh, well, yeah, we have a lot of ways of measuring the the energy. We have um, a K2 meters. We have different electromagnetic field detectors that we What's use. What's a K2 meter? Um, that thing that Wayne's holding up in front of us right there. Yeah, it's, huh? it basically, it measures electromagnetic fields. Um, and the theory is that 
there's there's two things with that is we can use that to sense like i talked about earlier if there is bad wiring in the house or the limestone theory you know we might be able to get an electromagnetic field reading off of those things the other theory is is that when a spirit is trying to manifest itself to communicate and even a demonic spirit when it is being what it is it needs to it needs energy to be able to communicate with the living and it will build an electromagnetic field and you'll be able to catch that and know like if it's moving around you can kind of follow that electromagnetic field around well there, there's definitely a logic to that we're passing around the device so where would you buy i mean where do you buy something like this i am going to post a picture of that on facebook yeah i figured so where would you where would you buy this where do you get this ebay like who's who sells this though who makes this i mean how you know again this is i'm, I'm gonna mm-hmm. go ahead I'm, I'm gonna go ahead and play role of skeptic sure. and say how, how do you know this isn't just a bunch of like some guy put this together sure. and said sweet i'm gonna get these suckers to buy this how much does it cost um i think that version of it is like 35 40 dollars yeah because i mean because i i could tell you right mm-hmm. now that i got listeners who are like going oh that's hilarious this mm-hmm. is hilarious they've got a special ghost thing mm-hmm. um and I'm not, I'm not being no, that guy, but you're fine. like, where, where does, where, so you get it off eBay. So he's, uh, holding up a magnet to it right now mm-hmm. and it's, uh, it's got flickering and it's got different, um, strength, I guess it would say the strength right. of the, the signal. Yep. Um, and I think so, there's a logic to it. Right. So a lot of these tools that, that we use in this field that get used in this field have been developed by the the paranormal community but they've used them um they're basically altered versions of like this is a tool that electricians would use okay so but they've altered it a tad so that it's more portable an electrician my dad was in the business for ever and he has a tool very much like this k2 meter that wayne has his is just a lot bigger so what is that what is this actually what is that measuring them like a magnetic it's the, it's measuring the magnetic field that electricity causes when it's running through a line or when it's building up okay. in in any space that it builds up in. It finds that electromagnetic field that is caused by electricity. Right, and the theory is that these spirits, they have that charge in them, and then that's the reason we use this tool. And you said, you know, how do we know that it's just not that it's actually doing what it's supposed to do is yeah. we have recorded voices at the exact same time that this comes on. That's just going off. Yeah. Right. Okay. Just the other night I had this sitting on a table and we it hadn't gone off all night long. All of a sudden it started lighting up as I was starting to address uh, some questions to the spirits. And sure enough, when we went to the recordings, we recorded something at that very time that this lit up. So that's the reason that I do trust in this tool we have other tools I don't trust in quite as well. Okay. A spirit box that uses radio waves. You know, it monitors radio waves. Well, you're picking up radio stations when you use that tool. <laughs> so it sounds like even you guys are saying, like, hey, this is somewhat, there's an inexactness to this in what you're doing. Um, you're not trying to say, like, hey, we know absolutely 100% this is what's going on. You're trying to figure out something that, you know, scientifically has. I mean, this is fringe science at best, right? Absolutely. I mean, some of it is and some of it's not. Right. Some of it's like we know 
that you can track in a wall where an electrical current is running through the wall. Absolutely. That's, that's not fringe science. That's right. that's extremely provable. And if you're thinking that, so why do you think that these demonic uh, entities or ghosts would have the same type of energy as electricity or that it would be measured the same way? From from the research that I've done on it is it's solely based on what other people have found in the past just by coincidence. I mean, the, the first people that were doing um, paranormal research and figured this out it so was, it's trial and error. It's purely it was purely okay. by accident. And you're building upon out. So things. then we're building yeah. on these okay. theories. So really, I mean the entire paranormal field is theory. There sure. is I mean there's nothing that we can absolutely prove 100%. That wouldn't that be nice if we could. But there isn't. It's it's all based on theory at this point. Yeah. But the more evidence that people in the field gather and the more solid that evidence becomes and the more that we can show that there's a consistency in those findings, the more sound then those theories would become more sound as practice versus just theory. So how does this tie into your role as a pastor? Like, in, to what extent does um, your faith come into play in these research experiments and so forth? And how does your... How does your church feel about what you're doing? Are they involved, or is this just on your own? Sure. No, they're not involved, um, but they're not against it either. Um, what I do, the, 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 the real part of why I'm involved in it is I really want to be able to help people. So people, they call us, they're afraid of whatever it is that they think they're hearing in their house, whether you know they think they have something demonic or whether they think they've got the ghost of their grandpa living in the attic, you know, whatever it might be. So we go in there, and of course we try to gather information and evidence, but where most um, paranormal activity teams, research teams, they go in and they get all the evidence that they can get, and then they just show the people, this is what we caught, and then they leave. We, th that's only the first part of what we do. We want to give people the, the knowledge and the tools to understand what they're dealing with. And if it is something um, demonic, that we can help them to understand, you know, what this is, why this is happening, and hopefully help them to dispel these demonic entities from their house, from their, from their lives. Because in a lot of cases, you know, you, you run into um, a demonic presence like that, and it's oppressing these people and and they're experiencing um it, it may either be because they are struggling with you know alcohol or an addiction or you know whatever that might be or it might be the other way around that because they're being oppressed by something demonic that they're struggling with these things sure so, so the, I, I absolutely want to help them with with right. that that's that's a huge part of what i do as a pastor is is to help people find their faith understand that faith and understand the power that Jesus Christ has and that they don't have to be stuck in this place where the devil has power over them so that they can break those chains of addiction and oppression and whatnot and, and move forward and know that they have Jesus. So what do you do with the people that you're working with when you find evidence that there's spiritual oppression going on, mm -hmm. but they don't believe in Jesus Christ, they don't want to? Mm -hmm. Then what do you do? 
all we can do is plant seeds. I, we do it, we do what we can. I'll address that question because most every place we go, they're good Christians. They're going to church every Sunday. They're doing their prayers. But we're a faith-based team. That's what separates us from these other teams. We go in. We start with prayer. We end with prayer. Mm. I leave them prayers, uh, protection prayers, uh, different prayers, ones that work for them. We try to find ones that work for them. You know, we bring a message to the noisy uh, spirits, and we and that is go in peace, be freed from your suffering, seek out the light. You know, that's right. our message to the to the noisy dead right there. Yeah, we've we I heard that on the um, the Inspire Radio uh, JR show that I think you guys ended the show with that. Yeah, that would be ignite. Ignite. That's what I said. Radio. I don't know. Ignite radio. I was on it and everything. I don't know. Yeah, you were on it and everything, and I produce it, and you don't even know what it is. I don't even. You, you don't, don't even, even listen to know me, me anymore. Uh, anyway, so sorry. Um, so uh, you say your church is aware of what you do. How do you? you how do they feel about it? They're okay with it um, because of the understanding that you know I look at it from the spiritual aspect of it, um, and and that's. And that's the part that that they that they stand behind. The other, I mean, the whole thing about ghosts and whatnot. Yeah. You know, I mean, they don't condemn it, but there again, it's all theory. So it's not like nobody can come to me and say there are definitely not ghosts. Just like nobody, I mean, right. have you ever seen God? Do you know that he exists? Yes. Have you ever seen a ghost? No. Do you know if they exist? No. No, neither, I got you. N- neither do I. But yeah. I'd like to know for sure someday. I'd like I'd like to be able to say positively one way or the other that that is a person that used to walk this earth that has passed away but did not move on. What what would you do if you found out like there's some type of definitive proof that there aren't ghosts? I'd be okay with that. You'd be cool with that. I Wayne, would be okay with Wayne, that. would you be cool with that? Sure. I mean, there's a lot of different uh, scientific explanations that people like to say there's uh, Oh yeah. Um, you can move stuff with your mind, stuff like that. But I want to address that. Get back to the question you're asking, Dan. Is my brother's a pastor? Yeah. I when I first told him that I was going to get involved in this, even though our grandfather was a ghost hunter, mm-hmm. my brother says I don't even know if I believe in ghosts. He's a pastor. Sure. Yeah. He, yeah. And he a couple days later he called me back. He said I found it in the Bible. I guess he goes I guess there is ghosts. There's reference to it. He goes but if there's one there's the other. In other words, it's a warning. You know, and that's something right. that we have to deal with, but that's a choice that we make. Yeah, and one of the things I think the true kind of reference back when I started the program with is this idea of creating an unhealthy um, attraction to the occult, uh, you know, trying to get people overly interested in the supernatural in a bad, dark way. So how do you steer people, and what would your advice be? Because, like, okay, let's say we got this listener, and they're like, this is really interesting stuff. This is really cool. I want to dive deep into this. I want to study ghosts, and I want to watch movies about ghosts and read about ghosts, and then maybe I want to start looking into the occult a little bit, you know, and, and witches, and, and and all of a sudden, you know, Ouija boards, and you know, the next thing you know, they're Satanists. It's it's a it's a slippery slope, Chad. <laughs> Black eyeshadow, the worst. Uh, they're going gone. Emo, I mean, yeah. it's it, they. Next thing you know, they're they're they like boy bands. They're watching reality TV. There's just no end in sight at how low they can go. And then they watch. They get obsessed with the Twilight series. Yeah, exactly. That's the straw that breaks and the camel's then you, back. Then and the deliverance for the Twilight series is so tough. 
It's almost <laughs> impossible to break. I'm sorry. We got silly there for a minute. I tell you what. When we go into a house and we find out that there is something there, we do have recordings. Dan, at that point, usually says, now, learn to ignore it. Learn to live oh, with really? it. Oh, really? Interesting. Yeah. It's either that. If you can't get rid of it, you better learn to live with it. Gotcha. Gotcha. And I would say, you know, there's always, a, we always go into it with warning. And I tell people that, that ask me about it and if they can get involved in it, how can I do that, you know, on my own? Or I would, yeah. I'm, I'm yeah. going to go get my own recorder yeah. and, and see if I can. Because you get that you know, sometimes, right? Right. Oh, yeah, absolutely. I get it all the time. Don't do it. If you're not, if you're not prepared for what you're going to encounter, don't do it. Because there's. And like you said, it's a slippery slope. You get involved in it. You catch a recording. Ooh, wow, did you hear that? I heard that. My K2 meter that I just bought went off. Wow, that's cool. I'm going to do a seance and see what I can conjure up. Don't do it. It's, it's dangerous. How, I, how, how is it dangerous? Why is it dangerous? You can open up. You can open yourself up and you can open up your house to demonic activity. How do you tell the difference between a ghost and a demon? How what? How would you discern that? Um, I discern it because I can feel demonic presences myself. I can't feel a ghost. If I walk into a house and it just makes me want to fall right over, right. I get like super dizzy, whatever. That's a demonic presence. So there's a, there, so you're saying you have a very specific physical response. Absolutely. If you walk into a home and you believe Absolutely. there's a demonic force yeah. present. Now on the other side of it, if you catch a recording, a ghost, or what the theory is of what we're thinking is a ghost, is going to be a simple, typically a one-word answer, and it's going to be a very distinct um, sound to it. It's a whisper. If it's demonic, they show off. They're going to answer you in full sentences. They're going to have volume to their voice. Now think about this. If you're not here in a body, you don't have vocal cords. How do you make volume? How do you make tone to your voice? It's a good question. So like we said, it's all theory. But when when we hear a recording come back that is a complete sentence answer to a question... And there's tone to it. That is, to me, that is not a ghost. That's something much bigger, much more sinister than a ghost. Trickery, trickery is another. Trickery is another tool that a, a demon will use. They'll try to come off as a child. Sure. You think that's what you're looking for? That you can communicate with a child before you can a, a, a demon. So they, yeah, they'll trick you. They'll they'll give give you a name that you that you can respond to. Sure. This is why I've always thought that any kind of ghost, like when people say, oh, it's such and such a person and they lived here, I've always believed that that was demonic activity trying to fool the people that live there. And I agree with that. Absolutely. And it can be. Anytime somebody tells me that they've seen the ghost of a child, you know, I mean, we, we've all, I'm sure, heard the the theory that, I mean, children are innocent. Why would a child get trapped here? Why would God not, you know, why would an angel not come down and escort that child to heaven? You know, wh- what would keep, why would there be a child trapped here in the afterlife right. just wandering? That doesn't seem right to me. And I would say that 
for me personally, whenever somebody tells me that they see a child or have hurt a child, that's demonic. But it can be way more than that. We've had cases where, you know, they see an old man and then they see a young girl and then they see something else and then they hear these different voices. It just depends on what. And, And then we find out by asking questions, one of them in particular, we asked the question, who are you? And the answer came back, the trickster. And that's demonic. That There is a demon in that house that was being all of those things, depending on who it was trying to communicate with. It was trying to trick them. So you have audio recordings of this. Absolutely. So now I'm just going to, I'm making sure, I think I understand here. So just looking for a little bit of a, making sure I'm on the right path here. So you'd say that, Wayne, I think, is very much in the camp saying, hey, I very much believe in ghosts. A ghost is the soul or the energy of a, a, a human being who has passed away. Um, and from what I have understand with my limited knowledge on this, probably some type of tragic, very emotional circumstance and is causing that person to be uh, hanging around, if you will, most, I, w- I think we could agree if, the, if this is happening to a soul that's in the, the natural earthly realm, that they would not have been a believer in Jesus Christ. They would, have, they would have been somebody who would not have professed or been a Christian. And then a demon is a fallen angel, as we would understand. And there's two very distinct differences between those two entities. Absolutely, yeah. Do they give off the same energy that you would read in a K2 meter? Yes. Um, I would say that typically the energy that we get on a, on one of our electromagnetic field detectors, uh, K2 meter, whichever meter we're using, um, will get a much stronger reading off of a demonic entity typically than you would off of a ghost. A ghost, it takes a ton of energy to be able to manifest itself and to do any of that. They have very limited, they have to build that up just to make that thing light up once. So typically you're going to get maybe one or two of the little light bulbs on there flashing. Um, I've, we've had demonic entities before that they'll just, they'll peg that thing out, light up the whole thing, and it'll stay that way for a half an hour. And that's a lot of energy. There's a lot, there's something way stronger happening there than your typical spirit. You know, you, you almost put words in my mouth there because Webster defines a spirit as a disembodied soul. I don't. I said it was some kind of a, a consciousness. It is an intelligent consciousness. It's a self, but whether it's a soul, I don't know that. I hope it's not a soul. I hope it's not a soul that's trapped. I hope it's, it's some kind of a consciousness energy, but not a soul. But it is an intelligent consciousness. Whether it's your soul, I'm, I'm not saying that. So if you you have a you have these guidelines on your um, the sheet you have here, it says our best message to the noisy dead: go in peace and be freed from your suffering. Seek out the light, and you mentioned that earlier too. So if you're saying that these are the trapped consciousness of unbelievers. What good does it do to tell them that? Where, where does this theology come from? And where would they? Where do they go? What do you mean, seek the light? How can they seek the light? Right. There's so many references, you know, to the light. I don't even know where, exactly where to start. My grandfather described a ghost as 
the light of a lantern because he actually saw ghosts when he was a child. But it wasn't due to any tragic death where a body was uh, cut up in pieces and cemented in a basement wall. Right. This, this hang-up, the first time, was for money that was buried in jars in this guy's farm that he had just died, and that was enough hang-up. And I'm not saying that these people aren't believers. Now, they've got some kind of a hang-up with this physical world that they don't want to let go of. See, and that's where I would, um, I mean, I would have a, a problem with that, Wayne, because I, but I, so just to understand then, you're, so Webster saying a ghost or a spirit is a disembodied person and it's the consciousness or the soul. You're not saying a ghost is someone's soul that's trapped here, but it is somehow part of a human being that has gotten stuck in this realm. Are they, so if the soul is, where so if you've got the uh, the soul of a believer in Jesus Christ and it is this person's passed away and we we're going to believe that God is going to take care of this soul the essence of who they are and that is now gone to heaven whatever that means or what that looks like but there is another aspect of this entity that is now trapped does that cause any anguish for the soul that's in heaven yeah. That's a hard thing to judge. What I do know, it causes a lot of anguish for these people that are trying to live uh, with this energy. Now, I would, I mean, for me, and I don't know, Dan, if you would say this, for me then, if there is this, this force that is trying to cause disruption and fear, then for me, I mean, I would say that's got to be demonic, um, and that's that's where that's coming from, and right. that wouldn't have anything to right. do with someone, an, a human being. Sure, and those are the questions that we're trying to find answers for. Okay, is what is the difference between if there is a difference? Is is all of this just demonic, and they're just that trickster that we talked about before, or is there a separation? Is there such a thing? Is it possible? And one of the other things, you know, in all the time that I've done research on it, I, my wife grew up Catholic. Okay, And so she's got all kinds of information about this stuff, too. And, and we talk about purgatory. And I don't know, you know, how much you've read about purgatory or, yeah, or, or heard about we're purgatory. Pretty, we're pretty well-versed on that, I think. There, there are a lot of, um, a lot of people that, that go with that view of purgatory and would believe that there, there, are, there are steps of purgatory. And when you're at, like, the like level one of purgatory, a lot of those individuals are there because they have unfinished business that they need to take care of here on earth. There's something that they need to finish. There's somebody that they need, there's a wrong that they need to right, you know, whatever that might be. So how else would they be able to right a wrong if they're gone unless they were able to come back and communicate somehow with the living? You said that after these experiences, you've gone back and looked through scripture to try to understand mm -hmm. better. Mm -hmm. Have you found any scriptural basis for any of these things? So, um, yes, I have. If we re if you go into First uh, uh, Samuel twenty eight, mm -hmm. there is a reference to um, when he he calls he wants to call him back from the dead and. Um, yeah, King Saul wants to call him back from the dead and talk to him. And so he gets that, uh, 
the, the medium, witch, the witch of the, Endor, right, yeah. to come and and raise him from the dead so he can talk to, him. and it actually happens, right. So what what is that that he's talking to? Could that be a ghost, or did the actual body come up from the ground? But both Samuel and God were very angry that Saul tried to do that. Absolutely. Did I hear correctly on Ignite Radio that you work with a medium at times? We do. How do you justify that? Well, she she uses the title medium because that's what she likes to be called. Um, what I would say is that she is very similar to me in the fact that she she is gifted to be able to um, understand spirits. So, I mean, there in the Old Testament is replete with warnings against mm-hmm. mediums Absolutely. and against those who are associating with spirits. Mm-hmm. So, again, I mean, we're talking about ancient world here with... Uh, there's a lot going on in that culture and in that time we don't understand and we don't know what some of the dynamics were. Um, so how do you, I, I have, like personally, I have a, pro- a problem with someone who says, hey, I'm a medium and I'm a Christian mm-hmm. when the Bible seems to be replete with warnings like God very specifically saying, hey, don't screw around with this stuff. There's a lot going on here. You don't understand and you're not going to understand. Sure. So sure. help me understand well, and first how that I would works. Say, I don't believe that uh, Pam identifies herself as a Christian, um, but she does identify herself as a medium. Okay. I would also say that... Well, that clears a lot up for me, though. You're absolutely true that there there is warning and there is caution to be had yeah, there. Absolutely. But the way I look at it is that there are those of us that are called to walk a very thin line between the light and the dark because somebody's got to be on the front line. Do you to... feel like you're called? You two are called to walk that line? Absolutely. So I, and I'll I'll go back then. If she's not, you know, and I, again, I mean, I'm not trying to be a, a jerk about this and go, well, if she's not a Christian, she's a bad person or anything like that. Sure. I'm just saying to marry those two terms mm-hmm. would make me uncomfortable based on my understanding of Scripture. Now, if she's not, if she doesn't profess to be a Christian, right then that goes away for me. Mm-hmm. But then how do you work with her, given all the warnings in Scripture? That seems just really well, unbiblical like, to me. Sure. Well, like I said, I mean, there's, I think it's a, there's a danger in it. Yeah. But to yeah. do what we do and, and be able to help people well, mm-hmm. she's a really great resource to be able to communicate. And, um, and it is. It's a fine line for me between that dark and the light. But... I have personally found that we are much more equipped to go back in and help these individuals, these families that we're, that we're, that we're working with because of the work that she does when she comes in with us. So you see it as um, information that you can use yes. in a positive way, Absolutely. even though you might be able to say that it's coming from a uh, kind of a dark source sure not that she's a dark person right but like this is coming from a dangerous source potentially absolutely and i would say the same thing and and again i would never i would never um encourage anybody to do any of these or become a medium or anything like that there are times um and not with with wayne we haven't done this before but there have been times where i have been a part of a seance or used a ouija board or done to communicate with these entities, whatever they are, demonic or whatnot. And this would be you're doing these things as a pastor? As a pastor. So 
when it says in Deuteronomy that everyone who does these things is utterly repulsive to the Lord, and because of these detestable practices, the Lord your God is driving them out before you, that doesn't bother you? No. Wow. Um, no, it doesn't. And I would say that because at the same time, you look in the, in the New Testament, and Jesus was calling out demons, and he sent out his disciples to do the same. And to have authority over them. To have authority right. over demonic presences and to call out the evil. Well, I don't want to get into an argument here about their usage of a medium here. I, I mean, I think we can continue that conversation off the air if we need to. Wayne, you wanted yeah, to? Yeah, I, I wanted to pipe up on a medium. Yeah, I mean, that's ahead. a title that she uses. She goes in. She really doesn't do anything any different than Dan being sensitive does. She can come up with smells and names. She's feeling the energy, and this is more of the residual energy. Maybe people that have lived there years ago, she still feels their energy. She can, she's sensitive like that. So she's not like trying to call up spirits or anything like that? No, okay. and we do not, we never do seances. I don't know, Dan, Dan's like, I wasn't involved in that uh, when he did that. And we know that what we do is dangerous. Okay. Dan and I both know that. You know, we've accepted that. That's yeah. why you only see Dan's name and my name on the, on our business card there. Yeah. The other team, we, we sometimes warn them, even before they go in, they have families. Maybe you don't want to be involved in this case. Sure, sure. You know, this, this person had an exorcism less than a year ago. Maybe you don't want to go to their house. Yeah, and so I want to, um, I appreciate the, thank you for that ad with with what she does. Um because I mean, th there are very strong things the scripture has to say, and I and I think I think Carol's question is very valid as far as intertwining faith with someone who is holding a position. But it helps to kind of get an idea of what what she is, who she is, and what she does. Well, there's a time in Salem, Dan and I would have been burned at the stake. I don't doubt yeah, that. We're not going to do that tonight. Yeah, we're not no burnings at the stake. Um, just just maybe verbally, but that would be about it. Um, but no, I think the conversation is great, and I think even the disagreement and the challenging is great um, for us and for you. Um, now we're going to have to how how long how far how deep in are we, Chad? We are at sixty six minutes. Okay, so we're going to need to wrap this. I'm going to try to wrap this a little bit. I have a question for you. I feel like Carol's got something else she wants to say here too. Um, do you have something else you want to say in regards to the current thread of conversation or do you have something you want to just kind of add it as we're ending this or would you want to save it for part two? I can save it. You sure? Yeah. Okay. Well, you, mic's open if you want to say something. Go ahead. It's fine. Where do you, where are you thinking of going? Yeah, I'd, I'd need to formulate it better. Just okay. Okay. Um, so here's my question for you guys. I'm not trying to start trouble. Um, you guys don't see eye to eye on everything. I doubt. No, okay. not everything. I want to know what are some of the things that you guys, not that you have these heated arguments or maybe you do, that's okay. What are the things that you guys disagree on, even as a part of the same team that you'll kind of go back and forth and maybe you've decided, okay, this is the thing we do not speak of, or maybe it's the thing you just keep going back to and, and having discussions about. What are some of those things? I'm kind of curious. Well, I know uh, there was a discussion about exorcism and who could perform an exorcism. And I think it's a matter of different references. And I mean, of course, I'm going to lean on Dan when it comes to this religious ref references. He's the one that knows his stuff. 
mine's more of uh, environmental. You know, I grew up with this. So mine was learned through my grandfather. My grandfather said, keep an open mind about things when he talked about ghosts. And he said, even things like vampires. Now, that's something I wouldn't necessarily open my mind to, but uh, and I, and I, I wanted to keep an open mind about what a ghost might look like because my grandfather said they look like the light of a lantern. But as I got into this, I found out different people see different ghosts differently. So they present themselves to people differently yeah. on their terms, always on the terms of the ghost. I would say, I mean, as far as, as, far as uh, Wayne and I... Um, I tend to lean more towards the spiritual, the demonic, mm-hmm. um, you know, prove to me that you're not, you know, right. that, that's what I'm looking for is like, I tend to, if somebody is experiencing, is experiencing something in their home or they're feeling that there's some kind of an oppression, my tendency is to, is to lean towards demonic. And until I get evidence that would cause me to lean the other way, that's what I, you know, that's where I tend to tend to land. Um, unless, of course, like we said before, it's totally something that we can explain with logic. And in which case, I would go go there, too. Um, yeah, I, I tend to take things more at face value. So you guys do sometimes disagree about what the actual cause of the problem is in a home or sure. a situation? Sure, okay. but the discussions that we can have about it um, I think are helpful for us to be able to go back oh, with absolutely. really sound information yeah, yeah. for yeah. the family. Do you guys have any fundamental disagreements on any of these topics? Is there is there anything that you guys kind of go, yeah, we just don't see eye to eye on this kind of more of a basic like a theology of what you do? Or are you guys pretty in line with everything? Most of the time, we're on the same same wavelength, and that's okay. why we work good together. Oh yeah, but through discussion, you know, we we change our theories if we have to, and you have to be able to change that. In a, in a moment's notice. Well, um, so we do have one question we're going to do here as we're wrapping up. Um, is is from Brendan, and Brendan um, is a friend of uh, Carol's son, a good good kid. Um, he wants to know if you guys have ever actually seen a ghost. Have you physically seen one? Yes and no. What I saw was not a ghost. What I have seen is demonic. So you feel like you've seen demonic entities? Absolutely. Okay. That answers that question. Wayne, have you, do you believe you've ever seen a ghost? Don't think i ever seen a ghost. Uh, we do have a member that saw a full-form apparition, which is very rare. It's very rare to actually get anything as, except for audio. Video, very rare. But he saw a full-form apparition just a few weeks ago on one of our cases. Why do you think that's so rare? If it, if it happens a lot, why is it rare? Ghosts can be described as shy. They're more afraid of you than you are of them. So kind of like a spider or a possum. Why? That's a good question. Why are they more scared? We're, well, I, let me t- I want you to answer that question, but are you guys open to coming back? And uh, are you guys open to coming back and being on the show again? Absolutely. Yeah. Okay. We're not being too hard on you? No. And one of the explanations is ghost doesn't want to make you a sinner. The ghost doesn't want to make you a sinner. They don't want to make you a sinner. They 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 know the same things you do, the same things you've been bringing up tonight here. Yeah? Yeah, so they, they don't want to get involved with the living and make you a sinner. So why are they hanging around? There's there's a list of reasons. We actually just come up with a new theory that surrounds uh, being cremated and what is said. There's so much for the ceremony of death that needs to be followed. 
and respect the dead. I mean, I can't say enough about the prayer. Okay, okay. Um, so we do need to wrap for the night. We're 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 running long. Um, so I hope you guys, all my listeners, have found this to be an interesting conversation. We certainly have here in the uh, studio. I feel like we got a lot more to talk about. Um, there's a lot more I'm interested to find out about. Um, I certainly can't say that I'm on board and I'm like, yeah, you guys, this is, I agree with a hundred thing, hundred percent of the things you say, but that's okay. Um, I found, I found this very illuminating. Thank you for uh, answering our tough questions Absolutely. as we're kind of, you know, trying to grapple with this because it's difficult. There's a lot going on here that, uh, the, I, I, so a, I believe this is a very dangerous, uh, thing i don't mm-hmm. think anyone should be screwing around with this it's not funny right it, we've we've been lighthearted at times because that's just me because i'm a goofball mm-hmm. um i say i'll, I'll say yeah. this I, a lot of these shows that you watch on t that are on tv that you can watch that are yeah. have these paranormal investigation teams um when you talk to a lot of them you know they they'll do these shows for two three four years a lot of them and then they go away and you don't know what happened to them and then you catch up and get a chance to hear from them later and it's because of the things that they did and they get a demonic entity that attaches to them and follows them home and negatively affects their family and causes divorce and causes I, their I, kids I, I to believe and, that. and they leave the field this isn't a joke this isn't something to mess with i mean people see this stuff on tv and it's all edited so that it looks really fun and neat well and sure cool. because they need viewers and because it's gotta be exciting and they gotta make it fit into an hour-long segment and it looks like it's so easy just go in come come out and you're unscathed and it's a lot of fun it's it's a lot of work it's dangerous work and it's not it's not for just the average joe to walk in and do this stuff right. and, and and think that they're going to come out of it unscathed because there's a lot of danger involved in it well i uh, i appreciate you guys being willing to be on the podcast um spending the time coming out here to the lovely city of zealand and kind of sharing with us your passion and your hearts i appreciate your heart for wanting to help people and uh, wanting to come alongside people who are frightened and who are hurting and I think it's awesome that you guys want to come and help out with that in, uh, in, in the unique way that you do. Um, anybody else have any closing comments? Anything else anybody want to close and wrap up with, Chad? There is so much more that hasn't been discussed right. that um, I really would like to do a part two. Absolutely. And we're going to do, as long as you guys are open and willing to do a part two and possibly a part three, um, you know, I think you guys are interesting. I think it's fun talking to you. It might 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 be people we have on every once in a while. Just see what's going on and see what your latest findings are and what you're thinking, and um, and we'll challenge you with scripture to make sure you're staying on track. Sure. So we would love to. Awesome. All right. Well, you've been listening to an open letter. Uh, this is Dave. Thank you to my guests, to uh, the ghost hunters, to Dan and Wayne, to Chad, the producer, and my lovely bride, Carol. Thank you for helping me put these questions together and and having excellent insight and input. Um, If you want to get in touch with us, we really want to hear from you. We need to hear from you uh, as we're trying to grow this little podcast up. Um, We are on SoundCloud. We are on iTunes in case you uh, want to let friends know. I know people who are tech savvy have no problem finding us on SoundCloud. If you have somebody who's a little less tech savvy, tell them we're on iTunes. We really need you guys to put reviews on iTunes, please. 
If you go to our Facebook page and you like our Facebook page, we post the link to the SoundCloud. We do. So all you got to do is click it and bam, you're there. That's right. And so we have a Facebook page and we have an email address, which is an open letter to you. That's the number to the letter U. An open letter to you at gmail.com. We look forward to hearing from you and we hope you enjoy the rest of your day, evening, morning, wherever, whenever you're listening. Thanks. <laughs>